Welcome to Food Ad, the podcast that explores the vital role food plays in the classroom. Join us as we dive into the latest research, share best practices, and hear from experts in the field. Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive. Let's become food educated together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Food Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Svetlana Elgard, and today I'm super excited to introduce to you Dean Goldfein, the head of school of Contra Costa Jewish Day School. Welcome to the Food Ed Podcast, Dean. Very good to meet you. Thank you. I'm really excited to join you and um, talk about food and education, whatever you'd like to talk about. <laughs> well, wonderful. So I just wanted you to say hi to our audience and to introduce yourself sure. a little bit. Tell us about yourself, um, what you're currently doing, your passion, and most of all, your favorite food. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'm uh, Dean Goldfein. I work at a school in the San Francisco Bay Area called Contra Costa Jewish Day School. Contra Costa is a region just... Um, uh, to the east of Oakland, Berkeley. About two-thirds of our students come from uh, Contra Costa and the other third, maybe 40%, from Oakland, Berkeley. Um, and uh, the uh, school has 175 students in grades K through 8, and we've been here for 23 years, and I've been here since the school started when we started with 23 students. Uh, and oh, my gosh. My, my favorite food, I really like a lot of different foods, but I'll – I'll say uh, I just had a delicious sushi dinner the other night, uh, and I enjoy Italian food. I took our admin team, all went out to uh, lunch to close the year, and there's a wonderful Italian restaurant in the area we enjoyed. Oh, very good. All right. Um, so tell us uh, a little bit about your school, your community, your students. So this school has been around 23 years. Sure. We're a community Jewish day school, which is a type of Jewish day school, which means that we do not have any particular denominational affiliation. About a quarter of our population, uh, one or both parents are Israeli, another roughly similar amount of, of Russian Jewish families. Um, about half of the families are affiliated with a particular denomination of Judaism, Reform, Conservative, Orthodox, um, so in terms of amount of day, cause people really will wonder, you know, how much of your day is in Hebrew and Judaics and, um, roughly 30% of the days in Hebrew Judaics, uh, we are always looking at the same academic skills. So kids are writing and reading in Hebrew class, which is once a week. Uh, and I teach history and seventh grade Judaics. Um, and I teach them like I taught history when I worked, uh, at a Catholic school for 10 years. Uh, teaching, writing, and critical thinking and reading, um, and you know, as a humanities core discipline. Uh, so, yeah, it's, if you were to come to the school, it would feel very much like um, a regular school, but it's set in a Jewish context. Uh, and that speaking modern Hebrew is absolutely vital because half the Jewish people in the world speak Hebrew. And as we're looking at, um, and that's something American Jews don't think about a lot, and it's uh, and yet it is the truth. And it's a remarkable development over the last 110 years because 110, 20 years ago, only about 1%, 2% of the population of Jews in the world spoke Hebrew. So that's why the commitment to, to Hebrew language and, of course, to, to the state of, uh, Jewish state of Israel. Wonderful. That, that, that sounds fantastic. My children went to Brandeis 
so I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my background, I am uh, a Russian, Ukrainian Jew. Uh, my parents immigrated um, here uh, in the late 70s. So uh, I was born in Odessa, Ukraine. Wow. So it, I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I've gotten to really know and uh, work closely with a lot of those families. In fact, the founding person, the founding president, founder who got the school started uh, is a wonderful uh, woman named Mila uh, who came to the United States from uh, uh, Eastern Europe in uh, when she was 21 and her children were all grown and she thought this area needs a Jewish day school and started organizing it. So our heritage wonderful. is there. And I've learned a lot about the central importance of math education from our Russian Jewish families. That's an ongoing uh, communication. Yes. So we have an mm-hmm. outstanding math program, I feel, if, if, uh, and yet the, the, there's always more we can do in the area of uh, all disciplines, but in that particular subgroup, there's always conversation uh, there, which is great. Um, yes. And uh, it's uh, really a part of being in a Jewish community that you work with a range of families. Uh, I, I was going to say, it's, uh, my background uh, on my, is from Bobrovsk, Minsk. Uh, Belarus, okay. which is, but it's 1905 okay. when my grandfather, <laughs> who I never met, 1905, came. So, okay. uh, and yet the school has a lot of diversity, um, and this relates to food in a lot of, in some ways, in that uh, a good portion of our Jewish community is Mizrahi Sephardi, non-Ashkenazi uh, right. communities, communities from North mm-hmm. Africa, um, right. what we think of as Iraq and Iran, uh, what we know as those countries today. So there's a lot of cultural diversity within the Jewish community that um, for people yes. who uh, are coming new to this, um, uh, to the Jewish community through this particular interview, I, th- I think it's uh, definitely relevant to food. And of course, the central importance of how Israeli food has developed because a hundred sure. plus sure. years ago, that wasn't part of yes. uh, mm-hmm. uh, the conversation. Is your, is your school, does your school keep kosher? Yes, we do. Okay. So this standard for the people watching, listening, uh, kosher. There's lots of different ways to be kosher. Some Jewish communities yes. say kosher style. Some communities say we're kosher to this standard. And and I grew up in a very positive Jewish, reformed Jewish community in San Francisco, uh, <clears throat> and had some awareness of kashrut kosher laws. But obviously mm-hmm. through this work, I've become much more um, aware of it and have some uh, fun, a couple of funny stories related to it. But um, uh, but we do keep kosher so that if a family is dati, which is the Hebrew word for religious, meaning traditionally religious, I'll explain mm-hmm. that we offer food. Anytime we serve food to students, and we kosher to an Orthodox, modern Orthodox standard, because we do have some of those families in our community. Okay. Uh, and when we travel, we work very hard to keep that standard and do, and, meaning field trips, things like that. Go to, we you know, could unpack those if you want. Um, but we don't have uh, someone on site who's trained to observe what we're doing, called a moshkiach sure. or uh, sure. ritual observant. We do Understood. for major events we put on. We actually pay for someone who comes and inspects everything. And we, after the event, we box it up and he signs, he or she right. signs off. Mm-hmm. So that's a very, uh, probably too long-winded uh, introduction to what kosher means. Well, do you think, can you give us the, just a quick synopsis of uh, the basics of kosher? Sure. Like, you know, just tell people what, what so that kind of entails. Laws come from 
Uh, and again, I'm not a rabbi. People will say, oh, Rabbi Goldfein. No, they just saved me seven years of study uh, to give me my rabbinic. I'm not, but I have worked now in the Jewish community. And these laws, um, as I've learned and told, uh, you know, they say to Jewish people, three opinions. Uh, so you, somebody will watch this and <laughs> uh, say, no, he got it wrong. I'm sure I'll get it wrong. Uh, but they come from the Torah. There are sections of the Torah is the uh, uh, Hebrew part of the Hebrew Bible, um, part of because there's Torah, which is the five books of Moses, and then there's the Nevi'im Ketuvim, which are Jewish sacred texts, things like the prophets. And, um, so th- there are sections in there that call out for what you can and can't eat, and there's a lot. I could go on for a long time. And I would make more and more mistakes. But essentially, certain foods are not uh, allowed to be eaten. Pork, um, shellfish. I was just out uh, the other day with a group of people, uh, and they asked me the question. I was like, well, I was taught that uh, you're allowed to eat any seafood that has gills. So catfish doesn't count. Squid, uh, shrimp, sure. uh a lot of stuff I grew up eating because my dad was from Baltimore, Maryland, and we would regularly go for stone shell crabs. And since becoming a, in my mid twenties, I've largely kept uh, to um, kosher, kosher provision mm-hmm. or protocols. So, um, and then not mixing milk and meat. So, like at our home mm-hmm. and in the school, we have two sets of dishes: um, dairy products. Uh, and fish can go on those, although some people, like my wife grew up in a more observant, traditionally observant family, and they actually did have separate dish. She, her, my mother-in-law would bring out separate dishes when we would have fish. But but mm-hmm. that's that's a particular, that's a, called a minchag, a custom, not a law. So that um, uh, separation of milk and meat. And, and the way I understand these, or the way I've, why they are important to me, is it's all part of kind of being aware and conscious of what we're eating and respect for tradition, of course. Um, some people say, oh, are there nutritional uh, or di- uh, health benefits to doing it? I, I, I really don't personally think so When I, because I eat kosher and I can see, you know, there's an equal amount of preservatives in some and healthy in others. So I, I just think that, the, that they're um, – I do think it's healthy to be aware of what we're eating – um, and be conscious of it and be conscious these are living beings if we're choosing to eat meat. Um, so, This episode is brought to you by Rainbow Chefs Academy. Rainbow Chefs Academy provides turnkey nutrition and wellness training for schools, home-based, and after-school programs. For more information, please check the link in the show notes or visit rainbowchefsacademy.com. And now, back to the show. We... We were brought up Jewish, but as you know, not to the standard as you were talking about. So all of this was things that I actually learned as I became older. And as we were, when we immigrated, we were able to, I guess, learn more because there it was very, very basic. Uh, But I think there is a lot of, I think there are some very healthful attributes in kosher, for example, you know, eating. There there are some for sure, just like, you know, I mean, the, the meat, I think the biggest to me is the meat and the uh, dairy thing. Because the in reality, the most important? I think that's probably, it's not the hardest, it's actually probably a good, it's, it's healthy not to mix meat with, with dairy, you know, so it's, it's probably that way, but yes, what you described 
you did a great job. You described the basics of, of kosher food. You didn't go to two extremes because there are extremes depending on how you're raised and where you're from and all of that. So people yes. People are very passionate about this, particularly people who don't choose to, which is what I grew up with, uh, feeling, and I understand it. I, I feel really fortunate to work in a community school and to have had the background of growing up in a very positive reform Jewish background and then living more observantly or traditionally observant. I always work hard to say traditionally observant because uh, yes. reform, reform Jews are, are very observant as well in their own way. So being told, hey, with this this event or needs to be kosher to be inclusive, people are, well, that's not including me because I want to eat these things. And this is how <laughs> I express my Judaism is yes. through this particular practice. So it... Um, or to feel judged. We work really hard that it's not a judgmental thing. That's an educational thing. Sure, uh, sure. And so that that is. But I'm always conscious and aware that when you're bringing people into community and food's a way that you welcome people. Yes. That, um, yes. You work hard to explain these things in a way that is, hey, we're really trying to make the tent really big here. And yes. generally to live to live by kosher rules in this San Francisco Bay Area, which I think is the fifth or sixth largest Jewish community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the world and mm-hmm. i think there's three jewish restaurants slash delis three places there's probably a caterers that will provide your meal yes. but for anybody trying to live jewishly i'm sorry trying to live see it's hard because Co- you call it away trying to live mm-hmm. by traditional kosh root mm-hmm. uh to live in the bay area is extremely hard uh they yes. ship you know there I are agree places to you. buy these things but to eat out people want to you know or to yeah. have an event um yes it can be challenging um, so that kind of moves us into your school and your, if you have, uh, and how you are approaching and if you are approaching any kind of health, wellness and nutrition education, what does your food education look like? Yeah. Do you believe that uh, it's important to define healthy culture for children from the young age? Just want to hear what you guys it, it, it are currently really is, doing. I have a couple. Of, it, it is. It's a part of our health ed curriculum. Uh, we, have a, we have a couple teachers who, and one, one of them studied uh, nutrition, uh, teaches fourth grade, was teaching science. Uh, yeah, like definitely that was part of why we started the hot lunch program we did when we moved into our new, it's not anymore, 15-year-old building. But uh, we realized we have a kitchen now. We can make meals and we want them to be healthy. Uh, all natural ingredients. We wanted to offer meat a couple of days a week because we're a dairy sure. pescatarian school. Sure. Like we don't, mm-hmm. um, uh, we request that families not pack meat. Uh, so they want to, well, okay, can we have meat a couple of days that you provide? Um, mm-hmm. So it happens there. And, uh, and I just spoke at an event of, because our 12 year lunch uh director is is moving on and she's been great and we were f- celebrating her in front of the whole community at graduation and i thanked her for introducing my children to vegetables they liked uh because you really you know the kids uh get turned on to good tasting food that somebody else makes instead of the parent so and a lot of people you know shared the gratitude because we start with those kids being excited about having a hot lunch tuesday through thursday um there's an interesting kind of, you know, within our Jewish community, there is a, I won't spend much time on it, but it's interesting. And within the school community, we have the challenge of celebrations because we want them mm-hmm. to be 
um, warm and welcoming after the birthday celebrations. People want to make things, but we have these guidelines like we're not going to serve things. So a number of times, uh, and so it falls to pre-processed sugary snacks that people can get someplace. So that's a problem is because they're, they're, they have a hexure or certified. If you see on products, and you, you know this, I'm sure, um, is uh, you see on products in the store either a K, sometimes even Hebrew language, but mostly it's a, a U with a circle around it, which stands for the Orthodox Union. And I think okay. 60, 70% of goods you would find in a typical supermarket have it. Okay. When I'm trying to introduce people to Kashrut, I'll, I'll show them, look, these things you have, they have a kosher symbol on them. So those things tend to be heavy with preservatives and, and things. One time a parent uh, said, oh, I forgot to get things. Could you get something? I said, sure, I'll run out and get something for your child's birthday. And the only thing in the market were um, Entman's Donuts. I'm doing commercial Entman's. And it was Easter. And so all of their packaging was in Easter stuff, which I was fine. It's fine. Easter eggs and whatnot. But here I was bringing into the Jewish school. We have to have these donuts because it's the only dessert item, which are, I think we could probably agree, terrible for kids. And here I was you know, providing them to the kids because they wanted their sweet snack. Um, and they were decorated in, you know, a non-Jewish symbol, uh, Easter eggs and bunnies. Uh, and I just explained what it was. It's different groups holiday and we got them because they're kosher. Uh, but we do have, we had for a number of years, hadn't had in a couple of years, a Friday store mm-hmm. that, uh, is called a makolet, which is the Hebrew word for store or, you know, like a corner market. Mm-hmm. And we started selling a, a, a whole variety of products, but essentially what kids wanted and what a lot of the families who grew up with this wanted was sweets, the things like mecha pellet, which are a, a log of chocolate. Very, All these mm-hmm. things are delicious. Uh, my kids love them. And there was a, a frenzy around it. And there is a very significant group who does not want sugar. And we don't want to be pushing sugar. And mm-hmm. so we try, started to try to limit it. And then that group who grew up going to their corner store in Israel, because quarter, mm-hmm. uh, we're upset that we were curtailing the sugar uh, that they grew up with. Like, this is, it's not a lot. It's not happening just once a week. And yeah. so it was, a, it was an area of cultural contention, uh, including within the Israeli community. Some were like, yeah, but it was terrible for us. Shouldn't we develop and grow? Yes. Uh, what, mm-hmm. There are other things we can eat. And like, well, not, what, not that you buy at the Macaulay. And like, mm. so it was educational. Again, uh, not, not bad, but it, I definitely learned from it. Um, so what is your, so tell me about your, you said you have a nutritional curriculum. Is that, how does that work in your school? Is that something that they do once you know, a week, a every week? That we, we, uh-huh. uh, on things like that or later puberty education, um, mm-hmm. we follow the California state standards. Our science okay. teacher um, builds that into the upper grade units and it just mm-hmm. talks about what is it what does it mean to be healthy? What does it mean to have healthy eating habits, healthy relationships, a healthy um, uh, way of building community together? And so it's it's a piece of an overall approach to how, what's a healthy lifestyle, uh, balance. Mm-hmm. You know, this is true of the high schools. That so it's kids. just it's just on the related to the California standards, whatever you're mandated yeah, to do, you I kind mean, of. That, that, that starts with uh, as a guide. And then, you know, good teaching is how do you make it real? So you notice, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I said Tuesday through Thursday is our standard hot lunch program. So there's some education yes. through that because um, about two thirds of the kids get that hot lunch 
Tuesday through Thursday. It's pasta Tuesday, okay. hamburger, hot dog. We always have vegetarian, vegan options for everybody, but hot dog, hamburgers, uh, or hamburgers on Wednesdays, and then chicken, a variety of different chickens, citrus chicken, the most popular, uh, shawarma, which is a uh, Israeli type, um, and a bar. Uh, Love that one. So that yeah. rotates Fridays, and tofu is usually the, is the alternative veggie option on all in the same sauce. Uh, but Mondays and Fridays, the kitchen's open. Although you, you have to keep it not for, well, for cash root reasons, yes, but also just the person who runs the lunch program says, yeah, okay, but you better leave that kitchen clean for me. Uh, and she's really great about it, keeping it orderly so everything's there when you need mm -hmm. it. But those are times where I've seen classes or we have electives where kids are um, – going deeper and uh, learning more about putting together. And we have after-school classes that use that kitchen. So a lot of the hands-on work of nutrition in a real deep, meaningful way, I think, happens there because they're actually cooking. The the kids are cooking? Yeah. yeah. Teacher will take them in there and, okay. oh, we're going to make rugelow. So, they, so you've make... got some hands-on going oh, yeah. on. You've got yeah. some education, oh, a nice, little bit of – huge, but a nice – we have a nice uh, stainless steel kitchen. That's also somewhat rare because the reason to make it all stainless steel mm -hmm. uh, isn't because we're producing so much stuff. In fact, most of those meals I described are made on our barbecue. Very Just little prep work is done there. But we okay. did that because when we were building the building, we uh, asked the rabbi uh, who is in a, a mushkiach, what's the easiest – how should we build it? He said, do stainless steel because if you make mistakes, you can clean up afterwards. If you violate, mm -hmm. which you will – Yes. Um, you can clean it up. But the fire marshal came in and saw the stainless steel and said, you, you're going to be making uh, meals for hundreds in here. It's an industrial kitchen. And I, <laughs> yes. I said, uh, no, no, we're not going to be doing that. But he, he was much harder on us because of all this stainless steel and, mm -hmm. um, and required us to move the oven out. We were going to open in two weeks. We had to move it out of the building to a storage shed until we had signage saying that we wouldn't yeah. it's still in the kitchen above the that we wouldn't fry anything on the on the uh because that's what they're worried about so it's good safety concerns but yes and we safety, don't fry for things. sure um are you aware of the rising um diabetes and obesity that's going on sure. in the yeah. community of kids by the, the age of 12 and 13 we have one out of six kids diabetic and obese in usa so I guess my question to you, because you're exposed to so many different, you know, you run the school, I, I see you have a lot of experience in curriculum and all the things that you do and your uh, ability to do, what do you think would be just if, you know, just your thoughts, what would be the best approach that you think schools can take in Offsetting diabetes and obesity yeah, and not, educating I mean, I, the I kids. Give you my, I'll give you my my sense of it. And probably yes, your sense of it. Because I'm not not a physician. I'm not a nutritionist. Um, but I think schools that are devoted to a wellness curriculum that is both a mental and physical health of the children, particularly in well, in all communities, um, it definitely is a high priority for all schools in our that I interact with in our area. Uh, one of the things about this area is a real focus on physical movement, education. Like that is a continual pressure, and it's a good one on us as a small school. Like, okay, you built that. We just built a 
a uh, outdoor, like a basketball court, volleyball court. Mm -hmm. Everyone was excited about that. Like, oh, what next? Can we have a climbing mm -hmm. structure put in? We'd like yes. a bigger field. There's an area nearby. Do you think we could develop it? So, th And that's one of the most, you'd think, you know, a small private school. Yes, I mentioned like math curriculum for our community. That's always going to get a lot of attention. Absolutely physical and movement. And I think that's tied to the lack of movement that a lot of people are feeling happen because they see their kids on devices all the time. Yes. Uh, and so that's a piece. Um, I think... I, I would make a strong case for um, avoiding those prepackaged foods to parents, and I do. Like, uh, and and yet it's so convenient. We have busy. Um, we're all busy. So, I mean, my 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 as a parent, and I have three children. It's real convenient and easy to order to DoorDash. The kids are always eager. Oh, can we DoorDash today? Like Wednesday, I of think course. I, uh, is the sure. one day where we will. And I, I built that in early because I could say, oh, they really love having dinner out. So once a week, we will go out. We're fortunate yeah, able sure. to do that. But I know it's not as healthy as when we cook ourselves. Of course. Uh, so. Of course. Setting limits, setting boundaries, understanding it's not extreme, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like what you said about, you know, developing. I think wellness curriculum is excellent. I mean, I think it should be part of school. Um, I think edu educating kids and educators and community. Um, what do you think about schools working closer together to offset this problem with diabetes and obesity and becoming like partners in health and really, you know, using... Because kids are in school so many hours of the day. So what do you think about some, you know, doing an approach where not only are schools working with kids and the parents and the community, and I love the wellness curriculum. I think that's something that's missing altogether. I, I don't think yeah, I very many schools have that. Most, many schools, especially small schools, and, and I don't know why I didn't think to mention it. We have a very active school garden that one class mm -hmm. has ownership over and also we have middle school electives. So that's another place where, you know, uh, nutrition and, and, um, that's beautiful. And do you guys use the school garden? Yeah, we do. do you guys we use, do. it okay. doesn't produce enough. I mean, we have like eight beds and we have some chickens that we're, you know, we're using for, Oh, eggs. you have chickens. And, yeah. It's Very part of the nice. kindergarten curriculum. We hatch mm -hmm. them. It's a, a kindergarten science curriculum. So we, and we give them most of them away, but we keep a couple each year. Um, I'm not, I mean, I, I, the schools working together uh, as a smaller private school, we have a network of other Jewish schools in the area, and we talk about curriculum, we talk about what we're doing in mm -hmm. concert. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what it would look like, other than that, I don't think you're going to get much debate or discussion, only uh, support for the idea that um, schools prioritize health. Yes, yes. Well, I also really liked what you said about the movement because really that's the two, that's the, those are the two arms that go together, health, wellness, and eating and movement. If you put those two together, you're on the right path. So it seems like, it seems like you guys are doing uh, great and you have, you have that on your radar and you guys are doing a lot of different things to get there, which I think um, I applaud you. That's wonderful. And I, you know, I hope that 
um, every school has the opportunity and understands the importance of this. Um, I want to tell you that um, it's been super fun for me um, to yeah, be with you here today. Thanks. For um, I, I really I don't, I don't get much enjoyed it. To, <laughs> uh, talk about food, certainly in a formal setting like this, or in, this didn't feel too formal. And I appreciate your work. It's not you're, you're prioritizing. Um, uh, you're prioritizing something important. So I, I encourage the effort. Thank you. Well, so much. thank you very much. Nice I will you. be nice to meet you too. I'm going to send you a backpack. Uh, we have a backpack from Rainbow Chefs Academy. Oh. That backpack has all the tool tools that um, a child needs to cook um, okay. themselves a healthy meal. So I'm going nice. to send that over to you just great. as a thank you. And I will be keeping in touch with you. Thanks for uh, that. Keep up the great work. Your leadership is amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's been very, I think it's a very informative, fun podcast that you and I had today. Uh, made, me, made me think about some of my roots, you know, as you were talking well, and... Food does that food pulls us back yes. to different times of, yes and different yes. places and who we are as a community and and our own individual yes. journeys so yes thank you. well it's my pleasure yeah. i will send you an email we'll be in touch okay. and thank you so much Thanks. again well. take care bye-bye bye thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and on youtube Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive while becoming food educated together. We will see you next week on Food Ed.